You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Welcome to today's episode of Women of the Military podcast. Today's guest is Lindsay Daly. Lindsay joined the Navy in 2004. She served for 14 years on active duty and is currently serving in the reserves. She's a hospital corpsman and she is a survivor of military sexual trauma. She left the military this past June and started working for Veteran Sisters. I'm looking forward to discussing your military experience in the Navy. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Let's start with why did you decide to join the Navy? So I joined the Navy pretty much because I wanted to move to the U.S. I was a, I'm originally from Europe, so I wanted to move to the United States and kind of like travel and see the U.S. And I was too scared to just like come over alone. So I joined the Navy on a green card and I came that way. Oh, that's an interesting story. Where did you grow up at? I grew up between part of my life in Scotland and then part of my life in Spain. And why did you want to join the American military or the U.S. Navy? I, we lived by the Navy base. We actually lived on the Navy base at a point in time in Spain. And I was just like around that a lot. So it was something that became appealing to me. Oh, cool. <clears throat> was the process difficult to join with a green card? Or is that something that's common that we don't really hear about? It wasn't difficult because I had a green card while I was a child. My mom and my dad got married when I was four. My mom's from Scotland and then my dad is from the U.S. Okay. Um, but they got married when I was four and I, my mom was a single mom at the time when they met. And um, so we got a green card through my parents getting married at that time. So I had already had their green card. Okay. That makes sense. That's an interesting backstory. It is. <laughs> so what does a hospital corpsman do? So a hospital corpsman for the Navy is the same, I guess, like you would say a medic for the Navy hospitals, they go with the Marines. Um, we go on ships. We're just the medical, they enlisted medical staff for the Navy. Have you deployed? Um, I've spent time on ships. So doing ship deployment, but I have not deployed to like with the Marines or into Afghanistan. Where did you go when you were on um, your ship deployments? I was stationed at a, in Japan. So I was on a ship there and we went to Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong, Russia, Korea, um, Guam. And what was it like to be on a ship? What, I'm sure the ratio was a lot of guys and not very many females. It was. So we only had 12 females on my ship. Um, we had a little under 300 people and 12 of us were female. So it was hard. I was the only female that worked in medical as well. So that was sometimes trying, but it was a great experience. I got a lot of um, medical experience through that. Is there anything from being on a ship that one person told me about, like how when they were in the middle of the ocean, like watching the sun rise and the being out when it's like completely dark is an interesting experience. Do you have any like memory of something like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Being like out in the middle of the ocean when it's like completely dark is just breathtaking and very peaceful. And also like the sunrise and sunset off the ocean is something that 
I mean, I've, I have never experienced such a beautiful sunset or sunrise. Do you have any memories from any of the different ports of calls that you recall that has significance or is an interesting story? We did a lot of different volunteering in our different ports, but one of them that really stuck out was when we went um, when we were in Russia, we went to an orphanage to help like paint and like just help rebuild. And you just don't realize how good you have it until you go do something like that. That's very true. Just gives you a different perspective and a reality of what the rest of the world goes through. You're a survivor of military sexual trauma. Can you tell us about that experience? That happened my first year in the Navy. So I joined the Navy and um, I went to my A school and then I actually got sent to Italy, so I didn't really get to see the U.S. much, (laughs) but I was stationed at a hospital in Italy, and that's where the rape happened, and I reported it to my supervisor. She was an E7 in the Navy, uh, Navy Hospital Corps in Chief, and I was told, well, pretty much it was my fault. What did I think was going to happen? Letting him into my room because it was someone that I knew. What did I think was going to happen? Letting him into my room at nighttime. I internalized that and I didn't ever tell anyone again after that. I just felt for a really long time that it was my fault. That's really sad. You're the second person I've talked to about sexual assault. And the other person I talked to had a similar, she wasn't raped. She was just assaulted and was able to get away. And they were like, you should be fine. What's your problem? And they weren't able to help her. So she had more problems because she wasn't able to get the help and the support that she needed. So that's really disappointing, especially because it was a female supervisor. Right. And it actually, it did manifest into a lot of other problems in my life. I was 19 years old. I had a drinking problem after that. I mean, I drank all the time. I started getting in trouble. I went to captain's mass. Like I got NJP. I just had a lot of issues in my life at that time. And as I grew, like as I got older, I was able to actually push it down more and kind of disassociate from that. But I never actually dealt with it until I started going through the VA claims process. Um, The only thing that really like helped me out of the problems with alcohol and anxiety and all that is when my son was born. I mean, obviously when I got pregnant and my son was born, I wasn't drinking. So that helped kind of clear things up in my life and my, my career in the Navy really started taking off at that point. I wasn't holding myself back with the alcohol, but I still had all the problems with the anxiety, the depression. I mean, it was a, it was a struggle every single day. Yeah. I can't even imagine. So it sounds like there weren't any consequences for the person who um, raped you. No, there were no consequences because it was never reported. Well, it was reported and not taken seriously, and then I never reported after. Well, you were you were 19, and you went to advice from your senior enlisted, and she told you it was your fault. And so that makes sense that it wouldn't go any farther because you went to get advice, and you were told not to do anything in a way, right? We talked a little bit about how it affected you with the alcohol. Did you ever have any alcohol? alcohol problems or anxiety problems before the rape happened or was it all triggered by that incident? No, it was all triggered by that incident. What ways were you able to get help? You talked about your son being born and how that was able to help you to get away from the alcohol and it helped your career, but how did you, what was the process like? I also became a drug and alcohol program advisor for the Navy once after I had gotten control of my own drinking. I So that helped me heal kind of and give back in a way that I felt if I was helping other people, then it was also helping me. And then I also became a victim advocate for sexual assault 
the sexual assault program in the Navy. And did that help with anxiety or do you still struggle with anxiety? I still struggle with anxiety. The only thing that's really helped me with my anxiety is I do a lot of meditation, which I started doing last year. That has been the only thing that really helps with my anxiety. How have you felt about the Me Too movement that happened? Um, I think it has magnified the voices of survivors. And I think that anything that brings this issue to light is very powerful and very needed. I agree. What would you want girls or women who are in the military who face a similar, a rape or an assault, what would you, what advice would you give them? I would let them know that it's 100% not their fault and to keep pushing when they need help because the only way to heal is to really deal with it. Right. And what do you mean by deal with it? Talk about it or? Be able to talk about it, to find help. Like not everyone feels comfortable reporting and I get that. And that's not going to be everyone's step in healing, but to find someone that you can talk to about it or find a way that you can process those emotions and those feelings and not internalize and like bury them. Yeah, because if you don't, they come out in different ways and it makes it really hard. That happened your first year in the military and you, well, you're still in the military, you're doing reserves right now and you were on active duty for 14 years. How, how did you continue to serve in the military after having such a traumatic experience at such a young age and so early in your career? I honestly just buried it. I just acted like it never happened and I just pushed on that way. And while I wasn't thinking about it and it didn't come up in my mind, it came out in my actions, but I didn't realize that was happening. I just kept bearing it and bearing it. Are you married? I am married. So how did you meet your husband? He's still active duty. So we met in the military. How old is your son or daughter? My son is eight and my daughter is three. What was it like for both of you to be mill to mill? and have kids while serving active duty. That was so hard. And that was the biggest reason for me getting out is because there was no stability for our kids. So I was in Italy. Our son was in kindergarten and I was pregnant and my husband was moved. We weren't married at the time. We didn't stay. We didn't get married until later, but he moved back to the States at that time. They moved me. I stayed there for another year and then they moved me back to where he was in Arizona We got married there. And then a year later, they moved him again and told me, well, you're in Arizona and he's in San Diego. It's the same geographical location. You can see him on the weekend. That's three hours away. Like that's not going to work. My kids need to see their dad. I mean, it can work for me. I'm okay. You know, I can process that as what it is but my kids don't make those choices and they need their dad more than just the Saturday and Sunday. I mean, that was a big factor on why I left the military because like you said, for you, it's like, yeah, I understand because there were a lot of things that were inconvenient when my husband and I were both in, but it was like, well, we can just do the long distance thing. It's hard, but we can get through it. And then we knew once we had kids that the things that were like annoying and frustrating would be a lot more complicated when you add kids to the mix. I can see why that would push you to get out of the military. And has the switch from active duty to reserves made it giving you guys the flexibility so that you can continue to serve them in the military, but not the same level as what active duty requires? It's been a great transition. I, you know, I, after 14 years, I didn't want to just walk away from everything. So transitioning into the reserves and then, you know, my one weekend a month and two weeks a year. So it's been 
really good for our family and it's given me the stability, you know, and my kids more importantly, the stability in their life that they needed. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad to hear that it was a smooth transition. Did you learn anything about yourself while serving in the military? Um, I learned a lot about myself while serving in the military. I didn't realize how strong and independent I was. I thought I was very reliant on my parent and my family structure when I joined the military. I mean, I was terrified because I had never lived in the U.S. And my dad was like, oh, this is going to be crazy for you. And so I, I learned that I'm actually very independent and very headstrong. Those are good traits. Yeah, the military kind of brings that out of you, I think. It does. (laughs) What was your favorite memory from um, your time so far in the military? My time on the ship in Japan was probably my favorite part of being in the military. That was when I started actually feeling like I loved my job because it was, you know, there was only three corpsmen on the ship. There was no doctors, no nurses no pharmacy, no laboratory. It was just you and the other corpsmen. So it was a lot of responsibility on us, but it was also very rewarding and a great learning experience. And we got to go to a lot of really cool ports and that was fun. So Yeah, that would be really cool to see so much of the world at such a young age. So cool. Let's talk a little bit about Veteran Sisters. You started working with them in June. So no, I, didn't, ta- I didn't start working them until January. Okay. How did you find that organization? What's about, um, tell us a little bit about that and how you ended up working with them. Well, I was going through my own VA claims process and I started my VA claims process in in Arizona because that's where we were at the time. Then we moved to California in the middle of it. But the VA rep in Arizona was great. He got all my, he helped me with all my paperwork and stuff. But when I moved to California, we're like an hour from San Diego. So it wasn't really like easy to just take the kids and drive down to San Diego to go see someone when I had questions about my claims process. So as you know, like going through the VA claims process is very stressful. When you add military sexual trauma on top of that, it just feels like re-victimizing. It's a terrible, the VA doesn't do it on purpose. It's just, that's how you feel, or that's how I felt. I felt re-victimized. You know, every time my dates got pushed back, it was like that oh, no one believes me again. Why am I, like, I should just take this off my claim. And then when it came back, like that my claim was on hold, it just brings back all those feelings of, you know, okay, no one believes me. They need more evidence. This is like, what I don't know what else I can give you. So I started Googling places around me that dealt with military sexual trauma or that dealt with the VA claims process. And I was just like Googling and their website came up. So I emailed them and I was talking to them about my claim. And about a, probably a month after that, we just talked back and forth. They were just like very supportive of my feelings during my claim. So after about a month, my claim came back approved. I asked them if they needed any type of volunteers because I wanted to be the same person that they were for me for someone else. So the founder, Paula Kemp, is a really good friend of mine. And she said that they needed helps with their claim. They needed help with their claims process. And so I stepped in as their claims director. That's great. I'm so glad that you were able to find someone to help you through the process because yeah, the VA doesn't make anything easy and going through something so traumatic and then having to relive it and feel the same emotions that you felt would have been is really hard. So I'm glad you found that. 
If someone wants to get more information for Veteran Sisters, where would be the best place for them to go? We have a website. It's www.veteransisters.org. And on there, it um, has like our upcoming events. It has all of our board members. My LinkedIn profile has my email. I can I take messages through there. I've helped a lot of people through LinkedIn messaging. Um, we have a Facebook group, Veteran Sisters. So we take messages through our Instagram, which is also Veteran Sisters. I mean, there's tons of different ways, but the website probably has the most information. And I'll put links to all the, the websites and social media in the show notes so that if people want more information, they can easily find it. My last question is, what advice would you give to women considering joining the military? I would tell them to go for it. It was a great experience. I mean, yes, I had a very traumatic experience in the military, but it obviously did not you know, paint the picture for my entire career. I would probably just say, don't be too naive because the military does do a good job of telling you that everyone's your brother and sister and we trust everyone and, you know, and they want that for everyone, but that's not the case all the time. Yeah. I mean, I would go for it. It's a great experience. I, I agree. I feel like sometimes I didn't make the best decisions and I got lucky because I was naive and didn't really understand like what was going on and like how situations I could have been in that I didn't even think were dangerous. But hearing other people's stories, I'm like, oh, that that probably wasn't a good place for me to be. So to keep your guard up and it's hard because you have to trust the people in the military you work with for your life because that's what you're trained to do like to go to war or even be on a ship and trust the person next to you that they're going to do your job their job the way they're supposed to but then you also have to be wary of different situations where people um, take advantage of that so I think that's good advice do you have anything else that you want to tell people about your experience from the military that I missed or anything like that Thank you for having me, and I just want to get my story out and, you know, help the people that are suffering in silence, because a lot of people don't come forward, so I feel like the more we share our stories, the easier it is for people to find us. Yeah, and it, it can't be easy to talk about it, but it's so important to um, talk about it, maybe not on a podcast, but with someone, if you have experienced um, sexual assault or rape that you find someone that you can talk to so that you can get help. And if you've gone through something like that, if you reach out to veteran sisters, I'm sure they'd be able to help you through that process. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Um, I loved learning a little bit more about the Navy. I always like to do um, interviews outside of the Air Force because I always learn so much about the different branches. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmantomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.